0: to another scrambling university. Oh, I'm under puppy attack. He's got heavy licking power. Oh, Scraps. (laughs) He pounced me right before we went on. He was like, hey, I'm gonna sit in today because I hear you're listening to a book. Scraps likes to listen to books. Hey, your audience is the other way. I know. They're not as likable, but they're as likable. Hi, audience. Scrap says hello. All right, all right. For those of you that are still on the old uh, timeline of the calendar, uh, yeah, uh, today is woo. Look at that, September twenty second, nine twenty two twenty two, ah, nine two 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 fun day and we're on z3 zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance chapter three yeah scrappy chapter three is a good chapter uh yeah so anyway i recorded it they're on odyssey all you gotta do is listen there if you want to get ahead or listen along with me and i'll ramble at you at some point By the time we are out of the Red River Valley, the storm clouds are everywhere and almost upon us. John and I have discussed the situation in Breckenridge and decided to keep going until we have to stop. That shouldn't be long now. The sun is gone, the wind is blowing cold, and a wall of differing shades of gray looms around us. It seems huge, overpowering, the prairie here is huge, but above it, the hugeness of this ominous gray mass ready to descend is frightening. We are traveling at its mercy now. When and where it will come is nothing we can control. All we can do is watch it move in closer and closer. Where the darkest gray has come down to the ground, a town That was seen earlier some small buildings and a water tower has disappeared it will be on us soon i i don't see any towns ahead and we are just going to have to run for it i pull up alongside john and throw my hand ahead in a speed up gesture he nods and opens up i let him get ahead a little and then pick up to his speed the engine responds beautifully. 70, 80, 85. We are really feeling the wind now. And I drop my head to cut down the resistance. 90. The speedometer needle swings back and forth, but the tack reads a steady 9,000, about 95 miles an hour and we hold this speed. Moving. Too fast to focus on the shoulder of the road now. I reach forward and flip the headlight switch just for safety. But it is needed anyway. It is getting very dark. We whiz through the flat open land. Not a car anywhere. Hardly a tree. But the road is smooth and clean. And the engine now has a packed high rpm sound that says it's right on it gets darker and darker a flash and kaboom a thunder one right on top of the other that shook me and chris has got his head against my back now a few warning drops of rain at this speed they are like needles a second flash wham everything brilliant. And then in the brilliance of the next flash, that farmhouse, that windmill. Oh my God. He's been by here. Throttle off. This is his road. A fence and trees. And the speed drops to 70, then to 60, then to 55. And I hold it there. Why are we slowing down, Chris shouts. Too fast. No, it isn't. I nod yes. The house and water tower have gone by and then a small drainage ditch appears and a crossroad leading off to the horizon. Yes, that's right, I think. That's exactly right. They're way ahead of us, Chris hollers, speed up. I turn my head from side to side. Why not, he hollers, not safe. They're gone, they'll wait, speed up. No, I shake my head. It's just a feeling on a cycle. You trust them and we stay at 55. The first rain begins now but up ahead i see the lights of a town i knew it would be there when we arrive john and sylvia are there under the first tree by the road waiting for us what happened to you slowed down well we know that something went wrong no let's get out of the rain john says there's a motel at the other end of town But I tell him there's a better one if you turn right at a row of cottonwoods a few blocks down. We turn at the cottonwoods, travel a few blocks, and a small motel appears. Inside the office, John looks around and says, This is a good place. When were you here before? I don't remember, I say. Then how do you know about this? Intuition. He looks at Sylvia and shakes his head. Sylvia has been watching me silently for some time. She notices my hands are unsteady as I sign in. You look awfully pale, she says. Did that lightning shake you up? No, you look like you've seen a ghost. John and Chris look at me, and I turn away from them to the door. It is still raining hard but we make a run for it to the rooms. The gear on the cycles is protected and we wait until the storm passes over before we moving it. After the rain stops, the sky lightens a bit. Ha ha, Phaedrus appears. Oh yeah, you don't know his name yet. You're about to. It's the whole book. To Chris it's a new trip, to his friends it's a new trip, but the author, the narrator, has been down these roads before, but literally as a different human that's now dead that is coming back as the ghost. If you know the whole story of how Bersink went through electroshock therapy, you know, they tried to get the demons out of him, uh, right? Get him to think right. Reprogram him. And then he Along the way, starting to remember this journey and turn it into this book. Ah, we're getting the good stuff. But from the motel courtyard, I see past the cottonwoods that a second darkness, that of night, is about to come on. We walk into town, have supper. And by the time we get back, the fatigue of the day is really on me. We rest, almost motionless, in the metal armchairs of the motel courtyard, slowly working down a pint of whiskey that John brought with some mix from the motel cooler. It goes down slowly and agreeably. A cool, night wind rattles the leaves of the cottonwoods along the road. Chris wonders what we should do next. Nothing tires this kid. The newness and strangeness of the motel surrounding excite him. Then he wants to sing songs as they did at camp. We're not very good at songs, John says. Let's tell stories then, Chris says. He thinks for a while. Do you know any good ghost stories? All the kids in our cabin used to tell ghost stories at night. You tell us some, John says. And he does. They are kind of fun to hear. Some of them I haven't heard since I was his age. I tell him so, and Chris wants to hear some of mine. But I can't remember any. After a while, he says, do you believe in ghosts? No, I say. Why not? because they are unscientific. The way I say this makes John smile. They contain no matter, I continue, and have no energy, and therefore, according to the laws of science, do not exist except in people's minds. The whiskey, the fatigue, and the wind in the trees start mixing in my mind. Of course, I add, the laws of science contain no matter, and have no energy either, and therefore do not exist except in people's minds. It's best to be completely scientific about the whole thing and refuse to believe in either ghosts or the laws of science. That way you're safe. That doesn't leave you very much to believe in, but that's scientific too. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris says. I'm being kind of... ...back. Facetious. Chris gets frustrated when I talk like this. But I don't think it hurts him. One of the kids at YMCA camp says he believes in ghosts. He was just spoofing me. No, he wasn't. He said that when people haven't been buried right... Their ghosts come back to haunt people. He really believes that. He was just spooking you, I repeat. What's his name? Sylvia says. Tom Whitebear. John and I exchange looks, suddenly recognizing the same thing. Oh, Indian, he says. I laugh. I guess I'm going to have to take that back a little. I say, I was thinking of European ghosts. What's the difference? John roars with laughter. He's got you, he says. I think a little and say, well, Indians sometimes have a different way of looking at things, which I'm not saying is completely wrong. Science isn't part of the Indian tradition. Tom Whitebear said his mother and dad told him not to believe all that stuff, But he said his grandmother whispered it was way true anyway, so he believes it. He looks at me pleadingly. He really does want to know things sometimes. Being facetious is not being a very good father. Sure, I say, reversing myself, I believe in ghosts too. Now, Johnny and Sylvia look at me peculiarly. I see I'm not going to get out of this one easily and brace myself for a long explanation. It's completely natural, I say, to think of Europeans who believe in ghosts or Indians who believe in ghosts as ignorant. The scientific point of view has wiped out every other point of view where they all seem primitive so that if a person talks today talks about ghosts or spirits, he is considered ignorant or maybe nutty. It's just all but completely impossible to imagine a world where ghosts can actually exist. John nods affirmatively, and I continue. My own opinion is that the intellect of modern man isn't that superior. IQs aren't that much different. Those Indians and medieval men were just as intelligent as we are, but the context in which they thought was completely different. Within that context of thought, ghosts and spirits are quite as real as atoms, particles, photons, quants are to modern men. In that sense, I believe in ghosts. Modern man has his ghosts and spirits too, you know. What? Oh, the laws of physics and of logic. The number system. The principle of algebraic substitution. These are ghosts. We just believe in them so thoroughly they seem real. They seem real to me, John says. I don't get it, says Chris. So I go on. For example, it seems completely natural for, to presume that gravitation and the laws of gravitation existed before Isaac Newton. It would sound nutty to think that until the 17th century, there was no gravity. Of course. So when did this law start? Has it always existed? John is frowning. Wondering what I'm getting at. What I'm driving at, I say, is the notion that before the beginning of the Earth, before the sun and the stars were formed, before the primal generation of anything, the law of gravity existed. Sure. Sitting there, having no mass of its own, no energy of its own, not in anyone's mind, because there wasn't anyone, not in space, because there is no space either, not anywhere, this law of gravity still existed. Now, John seems not so sure. If that law of gravity existed, I say, I honestly don't know what the thing has to do to be non-existent. It seems to me that the law of gravity has passed every test of non-existence there is. You cannot think of a single attribute of non-existence that the law of gravity didn't have, or a single scientific attribute of existence it did have, and yet... It is still common sense to believe that it existed. John says, I guess I'd have to think about it. Well, I predict that if you think about it long enough, you'll find yourself going round and round and round and round until you finally reach only one possible rational and intelligent conclusion. The law of gravity and gravity itself did not exist before Isaac Newton. No other conclusion makes sense. And what that means, I say, before he can't, ha ha. The law of gravity, as a constant, is not correct. It's a placeholder. It's an approximation. I want to say the first uh, reproducible scientific experiment that proved <laughs> gravitational waves exist which means distortions in space and time including gravity and time which are both used as constants in equations means that they're never constant they're always using an approximation So you can't say it's constant. So it's (laughs) paradox. And what that means is that the law of gravity exists nowhere except in people's heads. It's a ghost. We are all of us very arrogant and conceited about running down other people's ghosts, but just as ignorant and barbaric and superstitious about our own. Why does everyone believe in the law of gravity then? Mass hypnosis in a Mass very cyclosis. orthodox form known as education. You mean the teacher is hypnotizing the kids to believe in the Brainwash. law of gravity? Sure. That's absurd. You've heard of the importance of eye contact in the class. If you can convince them that gravity is a constant and that time is a constant, you've already caged their mind so much that they will not be able to invent time, travel and anti-gravitational Shit, Because you've already like Accepted At your core You've been told from the time you were a fucking young pup Like this is fucking the color orange And this is the goddamn color purple Hey, by the way Gravity's a constant, so is fucking time Purple's not a fucking constant either It's a spectrum But Mm-hmm. And my favorite smell. Oh, tech time. Tech time. Every educationist emphasizes it. No educationist explains it. Brainwashing. John shakes his head and pours me another drink. He puts his hand over his mouth and in a mock aside you can conceive still, it. Yet, you know you most it. of the time he seems like such a normal guy i counter that's the first normal thing i've said in weeks the rest of the time i'm feigning 20th century lunacy just like you are so as not to draw attention to myself but i'll repeat it for you until say, you're done we believe you the disembodied words of Sir Isaac Newton were sitting in the middle of nowhere, billions of years before he was born, and that, magic, he discovered these words. They were always there, even when they applied to nothing. Gradually, the world came into being, and then they applied to it. In fact, those words themselves were what formatted the world. That John is ridiculous. The problem, the contradiction, the scientists are stuck with is that of mind. Mind has no matter or energy, but they can't escape its predominance over everything they do. Logic exists in the mind. Numbers exist only in. At- now you have to understand. Persig wrote this in like 72 quantum computing had only been just starting to be thought of as possibly a thing that could exist. I believe at that point they may have stumbled upon quantum particles or they have kind of saw that they could exist, right, but they hadn't found them yet. They were on the hunt. We already talked about quants. I think it was the very beginning of that. So multidimensional states, uh, yeah, hmm. interesting. Ha. I don't get upset when scientists say that ghosts exist in the mind. It's that only that gets me. Science is only. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I was gonna say about the particles. So they hadn't uh, they hadn't done the experimentation yet. Uh, it's like the last ten years or so they've been able to prove that a group of minds thinking about the outcome of a random chance computer could affect the computer out of random chance and this <clears throat> bunch of different things. But they've also been able to weigh the thought ball it's got uh photons basically uh yeah it has mass near zero but not zero right that's the cutting edge shit, but it's they've finally proven there is mass to thought so when he's like well there's no mass there's no concrete mass to thought that barrier's been broken now we're here like 40 years later Two, it's just that doesn't make it bad or ghosts either. They are just looking at me, so I continue. Laws of nature are human inventions. Not bad or Like ghosts, laws of logic, of mathematics are also human inventions, like ghosts. The whole blessed thing is a human invention, including the idea That it isn't a human invention. The world has no existence whatsoever outside the human imagination. It's all a ghost. And in antiquity was so recognized as a ghost. The whole blessed world we live in. It's run by ghosts. We see what we see because these ghosts show it to us ghosts of Moses and Christ and the Buddha and what? right bound and scripted to run from the past right living a karmic life until no yep. and Descartes and Rousseau and Jefferson and Lincoln and on and on. Isaac Newton is a very good ghost, one of the best. Your common sense is nothing more than the voices of thousands and thousands of these ghosts from the past. Ghosts and more ghosts, ghosts trying to find their place among the living. John looks too much in thought to speak But Sylvia is excited. Where do you get all these ideas, she asks. I am about to answer them. But then do not. I have a feeling of having already pushed it to the limit, maybe beyond. And it is time to drop it. After a while, John says, It'll be good to see the mountains again. Yes, it will, I agree. One last drink to that. We finish it off and are off to our rooms. I see that Chris brushes his teeth and let him get by with a promise that he'll shower in the morning. I pull seniority and take the bed by the window. After the lights are out, he says Now tell me a ghost story. I just did out there. I mean, a real ghost story. That was the realest ghost story you'll ever hear. You know what I mean, the other kind. I tried to think of some conventional ones I used to know. So many of them when I was a kid, Chris, but they're all forgotten, I say. It's time to go to sleep. We've all got to get up early tomorrow, except for the way through the screen of the motel window. It is quiet. The thought of all that wind sweeping towards us across the open fields of this prairie is a tranquil one and I feel lulled by it. The wind rises and then falls, then rises and sighs it falls again. That's so funny though, that part about like, okay, Dad, now tell me the real ghost story. Right? And he's like, I told you the realest ghost story you're ever going to hear, right? And his kids ate. And he has no fucking idea that he's, here. It's, he's hearing it. And he just begs for the, serve me the oatmeal. I don't want that steak. Has no idea. Yeah, my kids would do the same thing, like, Tell me a story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh fucking it! Oh, I used to drive my ex crazy, crazy because the stories all have, like you know <laughs> great endings, but total state destruction, and like all humans living in freedom and harmony. <laughs> uh, like no, no, you know, like one of the Disney fucking stories. Oh yeah, okay, all right. All right, all right. You're going to want some fucking dude to do shit for you. Then you're going to be blah, 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 dressed like this. There's your Disney story. Now you can be depressed. How's away? Did you ever know a ghost? Chris asks. I'm half asleep. Chris, I say. I knew a fellow once who spent all his whole life doing nothing but hunting for a ghost. And it was just a waste of time. So go to sleep. I realized my mistake too late. Did he find him? Yes. He found him, Chris. I keep wishing Chris would just listen to the wind and not ask questions. What did he do then? He thrashed him good. Then what? Then he became a ghost himself. Somehow, I have the thought this was going to put Chris to sleep. But it's not. And it's just waking me up. What is his name? No one you know. But what is it? It doesn't matter. Well, what is it anyway his name, Chris? Since it doesn't matter, is Phaedrus. It's not a name you know. Did you see him on the motorcycle in the storm? What makes you say that? Sylvia said she thought you saw a ghost. That's just an expression. Dad! This had better be the last question, Chris, or I'm going to become angry. I was just trying to say, you sure don't talk like anyone else. Yes, Chris, I know that. I say, it's a problem. Now go to sleep. Good night, Dad. Good night. A half hour later, he is breathing sleepfully, and the wind is still strong as ever. And I am wide awake. There, out the window, in the dark, this cold wind crossing the road into the trees that leave shivering flocks of moonlight. There is no question about it. Phaedrus saw all of this. What he was doing here, I have no idea. Why he came this way, I will probably never know. But he has been here, steered us onto this strange road, has been with us all along. There is no escape. I wish I could say that I don't know why he is here, but I'm afraid I must now confess that I do. The ideas, the things I was saying about science and ghosts, and even, ha, 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 that's the exact idea behind a mushroom trip or a psychedelic experience. You're like, hmm, I wish I could forget about that. It was significant. So it ain't going to happen. So I might as well settle into thinking about it. Afternoon about caring and technology. They are not my own. I haven't really had a new idea in years. They are stolen from him. And he has been watching. And that is why we are here. With that confession. I hope you will allow me some sleep. Poor Chris. Do you know any ghost stories, he asked. I could have told him one, but even the thought of that is frightening. I really must go to sleep. Bam. And you already know the rest of the story, how it ends in the electroshock therapy. So, how did you get to that point? The rest of the ride will answer the question. What is such a brain worm that you keep wanting to figure out? value after 35 years of creating value actively every fucking day and trading value as much as i can with as many people as i can to create i don't know an interlaced three-dimensional web of value for value. It's interesting because you really have to start at the beginning and understand where does the value Derive from. What makes me think valuable at all? So, oh, yeah, yeah. How do you get to be a crazy volunteerist? Start at the beginning. (laughs) This is a great book and I actually, I've already got it on the calendar. We're gonna do Fountainhead next, which is Anne Rand's book that nobody talks about. It's before Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged is so far down the road. We'll get there one day, it'll be a while. You have to understand the basins of being an individual human separate from any fucking collective first and then understand the direct vision of value then you can understand about being an individual with values then you can get on to bigger things so, oh, anyway, it's my fucking book club so that's the order we're going in. Oh, it's <laughs> hilarious. Uh yeah, geez. Well, oh. you know what? Hard for me to look at the telegram chat while I'm running the fucking audio on the thing, but I'm gonna flip over here and just see if anybody's uh chitty chatted in. No, nope. no. Nope. Hey, if you join the uh Scrambling University channel on Telegram, it's got the little like uh it's the spring squash fest logo. Little squatchy Buddha with the sound vibration that looks kind of like my background. Uh, that's how you'll know you're in the right group. Anyway, join us on Telegram. Come say some shit. What do you think? What do you think of the book so far? Are you like, Jesus Christ, you're the book reader I ever, worst book reader I ever heard. <laughs> Knock that shit off, scrambling. Uh, whatever. I don't care. Good, bad, indifferent. Leave a comment. It'll be fun. We can interact. As long as you're just not trying to sell me like porn or crypto. I don't know if you're trying to sell me crypto for a good price. I'm good with that too. But <laughs> I'd rather trade to something. Uh, or you could buy. Hey, yeah, that's true. See up in the corner here? Forrestbarns.com We've taken crypto for everything on the website for Jesus Christ. I don't know six or seven years at least. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, buy some shit. All you got to do, if you get to check out anything on the website, anything at all, and if you look, there's like nine tabs when you get to foodforcefarms.com because we also own cannabinoid natural foods and a bunch of places to stay in the Pacific Northwest. Group camp, Airbnb, whatever, lots of shit. Uh, But anyway, we love crypto. You want to pay with crypto, just uh, in the shopping cart, hit the uh, crypto for your coupon code. And you know what? Shopping cart will just go to zero. But what it will do is generate an item number or coupon, you know what? Like order number, right? And I will shove that order through my normal, old, regular, old order system and pump it through. That way I'll get the order. I'll have a number. I'll send you an email. It'll give me your info to ship shit to you. All the good stuff then I'm just going to hit you back to the email you sent out there or the phone number if you want me to text you yeah, out, I don't give a shit. And say, hey, hi, scrambling here. What uh, what Bitcoin address do you want? you want my BTC address or you want my Lightning address? And I'll shoot you the address. If it's a Lightning one, it has to be for the amount, right? So I'll make it for the amount of the invoice. I'll shoot it to you. Pay the invoice, ship your shit. You can buy completely anonymously with crypto off my website. Uh, You can just make up a name like Jimmy Joe Jack, right? Proton fucking address. And uh, I'll send that lightning thing and whatever. My buddy could get your coffee for you or get your CBD candy or CBD cookies or plain cream that does absolutely nothing. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, that's a thing. It is a real thing. Uh, oh yeah, shit. Uh, I told you what day it was and all that before. I'm not seeing anybody pipe into the comments. I'm just going to do a quick check. Hey, I ran that. Uh, I ran that deal on Fountain starting. Oh yeah, in case you don't know, Fountain FM. Um, uh, it's a couple hundred thousand satoshis in the uh, in the advertising pool. So they are going to dole those out over the next, uh, well, till they're gone, 500 per listen. So if you listen to my, whatever the most recent, hey, 131, wow, we cracked the 131. Oh, yeah, YouTube up over 130, Oh well, fucking A. You know what, it's growing super slow because I'm not paying for clicks or doing any of that bullshit. It's all real people. <laughs> all right everybody's dropping off because i went into commercial mode but it's the end of the show commercial 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 no hey come see me in camden tennessee october 1st and 2nd coming up right quick here i'm gonna show people how to use this vertical uplift vortex T brewer that i built it's going to be badass uh you know what i'll probably tape the thing maybe i'll do it as uh it was Squatch talk three uh or Squatch talk four Squatch Talk 4 was why the thing and how the thing exists and how to use it. Hey, that's me. It's me. Nobody's at the door. Um, Scrap, it's really just me. I knocked on this. He just likes to get the last word in. Yeah, yeah. We hear you. A dog that thinks he can talk. Use telepathy. Hello. (laughs) Oh, fucking A. A. Uh, what is it? Today's Thursday. Uh, stuff to do, stuff to do. Big order to get out the door. I got some bowling to do and some money to win on some Thursday night football. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm thinking the Steelers got no chance. No chance. So I might take I might take not Steelers. <laughs> uh yeah, this is I just think Bengals are gonna want kill them. Uh, I might take not Steelers and the under, if if I were to not bet. <laughs> oh yeah! All right, I'll be watching along with you. Hopefully, I'm not crying in my in my coffee tomorrow. Oh fucking Steelers, screwed me again. But you know, I lived in Pittsburgh. I'm used to it. <laughs> oh, love you, fuckers. Have a great day.